I want to say thank you to our staff that did such a good job during the month of December while Sister Bowen and I were away. We took the month of December um, part of the time to be with our family, obviously, for Christmas. We were able to see our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And uh, I told my wife the other day, I said, you know, everybody our age and our people that we hang, about, hang around with, they're getting old. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, we're not going to get old in Jesus' name. We're just going to stay young and, and, and keep going for the glory of the Lord. But uh, actually, um, out of the month of December, we, we, we did not just vacation. Thank you for giving us the time away. But uh, we spent a week with our kids in Texas, and we spent a week with our kids in Monroe, um, that were here with us, but the rest of the time we spent just really alone seeking God. We, uh, first of all, we were seeking the Lord for, for the manifestation of healing uh, for my wife. She's here this morning, thank the Lord. And, uh, but 2017, thank you. 2017 was really a tough year physically. She was sick almost the whole year. And um, I, I want to tell you when, when you, when you come to the conclusion after a while that it's not just um, physiological, but that there's a spiritual battle that you're fighting, yeah. then it makes you mad at the devil. And uh, I am tired of the devil pushing us around because he he doesn't have the right to do that he's treading on territory that doesn't belong to him we're children of god we're part of the kingdom of god i'm talking about all of us and uh, and it's it, it's not just time to push back it's time to put him under our feet amen so we're uh, we're, we're believing for a manifestation of, of, of healing, and I, the devil's tried this week. She'd been sick most of the week, but we just kept believing God and praying that, you know, Sunday's the Lord's day. We're, we're going to be in the house of the Lord, and, and so we're here. The other thing that, that she and I spent these weeks praying about was this year, and I really feel like the Lord has spoken some things to us, and I want to share those things with you this morning. I share this actually I'm just giving you what I shared with the staff um, on Wednesday of this past week and in that meeting the Holy Spirit just really came down among us and um, our staff was just weeping and praying together and praying for each other and believing God and standing in faith for what God has for us for this year this is a very special year and um, and so let me begin by saying that the Lord has, has shown me and others that the shaking that has already begun in our nation will continue and will intensify in this year, 2018. It's going to be a year of greater shaking. But I want you to get discouraged with that because that's a good thing for the children of God for those who are prepared and ready. Now, the chapter in the Bible that talks about the shaking is the 12th chapter of Hebrews. 
And so I'm just going to run down through that chapter. I'm going to try to do it as rapidly as I can. I, 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 I didn't do a very good job in the first service. I just took too long and, and um, had to cut out some of the end of the message. So I'm going to kind of try to condense this. You can read it and study it on your own later. But the, the first thing that the, the Apostle Paul, assuming that he was the writer of Hebrews, uh, shared in the 12th chapter was the reason for the chapter. So let me begin to reading by reading verses 1 and 2. Therefore, remember anytime you see a therefore in Scripture, you look to see what is there for. And it's always talking about something that precedes it. Because of chapter 11 of Hebrews, he says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God chapter 11 is the faith chapter of the Bible it's the hall of fame of the faithful and you've got the witness and the testimony of just a whole long list of heroes of the faith what Paul is saying, since we have this, we've got testimony that we can make it through whatever we have to go through. I mean, we've got witness from others. They've gone before us. We stand on their shoulders. They made it, and they did it by faith. There's no reason why we can't make it. And not only is there no reason why we can't make it, there's no reason why we should not come forth victorious through what we're dealing with right now all of us and I know all of you are going through something amen but but there's no reason why we we've got a great cloud of witnesses then he said consider Jesus verses 3 and 4 for consider him who endured such hostility of sinners against himself lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls you've not yet resisted to bloodshed striving against sin even though we have this great cloud of witnesses let's not get Let's not get our focus on them. Let's just use them as encouragement, but let's focus on Jesus. Get your eyes on Jesus. If you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, you can come through anything. Simon Peter could walk on water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. You can walk on top of your troubles if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus. So let's focus on Jesus. And then he talks about spiritual discipline beginning verse 5 and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as of sons my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you're rebuked by him for whom the Lord loves he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives if you endure chastening God deals with you as with sons for what son is he of whom the father does not chasten but if you are without chastising of which all have become partakers, then are you illegitimate, not sons. Furthermore, we've had human fathers whom corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Paul says, listen, God's going to correct us 
when we get off base. And we ought to thank the Lord for that instead of resisting it. God's going to chastise us sometimes if we get out of line. But he's, he, he compared it with an earthly parent. Any earthly parent who really loves their child will exercise discipline at times. And you know good and well why you do that. You do it for the good of the child. Amen? It's for, it's for their good. You're, you're trying correcting them for their good. It's easier to just sit back and fold your hands and let the kids do whatever they want to do. But the Bible says if you do that, you don't really love your kids. It's difficult to go through that. And he says, God loves us even more. So we ought to embrace the correction from the Lord because he's doing it for, his, for our good and for his glory. So we need to do that. He goes on to tell about the purpose for discipline, beginning verse 12. Therefore, remember, you see what it's there for. Because of the discipline of the Lord, now you can strengthen the hands of those who hang down and the feeble knees, and you can make straight for the paths for their feet so that the lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness. Look what he said, pursue. Pursue peace and pursue holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any uh, a fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for a morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. He, he said, listen, it's time, folks, for us. Remember at the first part, he said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Let me tell you what time it is. It's time for us to quit playing church. It's time for us to make up our mind, are we going to serve God or not? It, amen? If we're going to serve God, let's put, a, let's, let's put aside immorality. Let's get rid of sin. Let's, let, let's, let's, let's get rid of this. Let's, let's pursue holiness and righteousness and peace in the Lord. And then he talks about two covenants. For we have not come to the mountain that may not be touched and burned with fire, and the blackness and darkness of tempest and the sound of the trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touched that mountain, it shall be stoned or shot through with an arrow. And so, tested, and so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. Oh, he's talking about the old covenant. Now, this was Mount Sinai when God came down in his mighty presence on Sinai. It was so terrifying that even Moses himself said, I'm terrified and afraid. But he said, and, and let me tell you why they were so terrified. They still had the sin nature. And to get in the presence of God was frightening. But thank God this morning, church, we're under a new covenant. 
We've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. We've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Here's, here's where we come to, verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly of the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than Abel. In other words, you and I are invited right into the presence of God. We're not terrified by it. In fact, we're invited to come. We're invited to come. We're invited to come before his throne of grace with boldness and make our requests known to God because God is there interceding on our behalf. Somebody give him some praise today. Praise the Lord. Now, hear the voice of the Lord. This is what I'm coming to, talking to you about the shaking in this chapter. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised saying, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Now this Yet one more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, because of this, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. What the Lord's speaking to my heart is that the shaking is going to intensify in our nation. But for those of you who have set your heart to know the Lord and to draw closer to God and to receive that kingdom that God is... We're, we're children of the light, not children of the darkness. Amen? And, and if, if we're willing to lay aside... The stuff that hinders us, and you know what hinders you from getting as close to God as maybe you once were or as close to God as you could be. If you're willing to put that stuff aside, God said you're not going to be shaken. Everything's going to shake around you so that, that, that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And the reason is so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. One of the things the Lord spoke to me about, and please don't misunderstand me when I share this with you. There are some churches today that we look up to in America and we think, wow, look at that. Some of the mega churches, and I'm not against mega churches at all. There are some mega churches that are word-based and filled with the Spirit, and they're honoring God, and God is blessing them. But there are others who have found ways to gather people in. And they're using the methods of the world. And they're preaching pop psychology, basically, and just a feel-good religion. And those those churches are not going to make it. The people in those churches are not going to make it with what's about to come on this earth. They're just not going to make it because they're not founded on the rock. Jesus gave us that parable. Remember that parable about building on the rock or building on the sand? 
Some of these are going to come down so quickly, it's going to, it's going to, uh, it's going to absolutely surprise you and shock you at how fast some things come down. The kingdom of darkness is coming down because the kingdom of God is on the ascendance. God, oh, hallelujah. God is, God is moving, and we need to be a part of that move that God has for us. Now, the next point I want you to look at here is we need to hear what the prophets are saying. Now, some of you may be surprised to hear me say that. Hear what the prophets are saying. I, I know that all of us have probably seen and heard some stuff that's off base. I've had people prophesy stuff to me that just wasn't God. They just missed it a thousand miles. Uh, and, and I've seen some stuff that claims to be prophetic that's really just pathetic. However, hear me, church, don't reject the real just because there's a fake. Look, look what the Word of God says in 2 Chronicles 20 and 20. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. How many of you like to prosper in this year? You'd like to be blessed this year. Amen? Well, you need to hear the voice of the prophets because the Lord is speaking. Um, that, that's why it doesn't, it doesn't upset me when I see stuff that's, uh, that, that's counterfeit. Because if you see something that's counterfeit, all that does is testify to you that there is something real. Amen? You, 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 you don't ever get a counterfeit $4 bill. You know Why? Because there's not a real $4 bill. But you might get a counterfeit 20 or a counterfeit 100. Now, what are you going to do? You're going to say, well, there's counterfeit $100 bills. I don't believe I'll ever take another one. No. I'll take all I can get. <laughs> Amen. Just because there's a counterfeit just means that there's something real. And because there's some counterfeit stuff out there in the spirit rim just lets me know there's a real and a genuine and I want to pursue that Paul said when he was talking about the gifts of the spirit seek earnestly that you might prophesy he said seek earnestly the best gift and especially that you might prophesy so prophecy is an important gift so I've been searching to see what the prophets are saying about 2018 and I won't read all of these but but I've gotten a lot of them. Here's one I ran across, seven prophetic words for 2018. He starts off by saying, take time to hide the word of the Lord in your heart. Give priority to the word of God. Number two, he said, establish a bold prayer life. One of the reasons we're starting this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting, it's time for the house of God to again become a house of prayer. And we need to learn to pray with boldness. We've got, we, we're invited to come boldly. We need to learn how to do that. Number three, he said, start over. Uh, because God wants to restore some lost promises in your life. Some of you have just about given up on some promises that God has made to you. Start over. It's time to start over. Amen. God has not, God does not lie. God can't lie. His promises are yes and amen. We sang that a while ago. So start over. And then he said, let it go. 
we need to clean out yesterday. Whatever's in the past, we need to let it go. Hurts, offenses, whatever in the past, let it go. Disappointments, pain, all that stuff, get it behind you. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and looking forward to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Number four, five, number five, he said, change your language. Declare in your life that the old is gone and behold, God is doing a new thing because death and life are in the power of the tongue. You need to start speaking what the word of God is. And then number six, he said, grab a pen and paper and start writing these things down that you're believing God for. And number seven, he said, be a giver. I ran across another prophecy that I read that interested me. There's a lady that a few years ago made a, a prophetic statement, and everybody thought she was crazy. <laughs> they looked at her like she had two heads. She said way back before it was even a, a, a thought in the mind of anybody that this could, was even a possibility, she said, Donald J. Trump will be the president of the United States. And, and everybody thought she was nuts. But her prophecy came to pass. One of the ways you judge a prophet is by the fulfillment of their prophecy. Remember that? The Word of God? All right. This lady says that, that this year, 2018, she is warning that a great shaking is coming to the body of Christ and many churches will fail and fall. Churches that are not grounded in the Word of God. And I, I could go on and on here. I've got pages and pages and pages of prophecies. I just want to give you a little sampling of, of some of the things that, that, are, that are being prophesied for this year. And, um, and, and just tell you that, that we need to listen to what the Lord is saying here. Now, I mentioned to you the, the, the kingdom of light and darkness. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let me read these verses 4 to 10. But you, brethren, are not in darkness. This stuff should not take us by surprise so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night, and those who are drunk are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Now, <laughs> glory to God. I, 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 I'm, if, if, you're, if you're a post-tribulation believer, I'm not mad at you and I'm not going to argue with you. If you're a mid-tribulation believer, I'm not going to argue with you either. I love you. Bless your heart. I can love people when they're right, and I can love people when they're wrong. <laughs> but Paul said right here, we, remember I read that scripture a while ago that talking about we, we need to be awake and alive because God's given us a kingdom. And, and, and that's the reason the shaking is coming so that he can, he can find those people that can't be shaken and give them his kingdom because the kingdom of light is going is to flourish in this last day. 
and then we're out of here. That's why there's not time to play around, church. And this scripture that I just read to you from, first Thess- from Second Thessalonians, was it first or second? First Thessalonians 5, 4 to 10. Those verses are read. By the way, the books of First and Second Thessalonians are, Thessalonians are books of the advent. Every verse of every chapter is talking about the coming of the Lord. There, there are verses, it's, it's, a, it's two books that Paul wrote talking to us about the coming of the Lord and getting us prepared for the coming of the Lord. He said, God has not appointed us to wrath. We are not appointed. If you'll read the book of Revelations, you'll discover that the tribulation period is the wrath of God that is poured out on the earth. And the children of God are not appointed to the wrath of God. Any wrath that we go through in this earth is the wrath of the enemy. It's the wrath of Satan. It's the power of destruction and, uh, and, and, and the works of the devil. But we're not appointed to wrath. Praise God. If you want to hang around here in the tribulation, that's your business. But we're not appointed to that. God's made a way that we could escape that. You can call it escapism if you want to. Praise God. I'm looking for an exit sign. And, and Paul said it's coming too for the Lord himself. Yeah, give him praise. Hallelujah. For the Lord himself is going to stand in from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ are going to rise. And we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord are going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. We're going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb while the wrath of God is poured out on this earth. We're not appointed to wrath. God's made a way of a salvation for us. And in these verses, he mentions three things. And these are the three things that are going to remain. When everything else is, is gone, it's going to remain. Three things. You're familiar with them. 1 Corinthians 13 and 13 says, And now abides faith, hope, and love. These three. The greatest of these is love. These three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. You better make sure that you got faith, hope, and love. Because that's what's going to remain in this shaking. Faith, hope, and love. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better get faith, hope, and love. When the, when, when the shaking comes to the church, a lot of the methods, a lot of the promotion, a lot of the Hollywood style, a lot of the stuff, a lot of, all, all that stuff. We, we don't even know what all may be taken away from us. There may be even come a day that we don't even have these buildings that we enjoy now. I don't know. I'm not prophesying that or predicting that in any way. But what I'm saying is that even if that should happen, if we got faith, hope, and love, that's going to maintain us. And we're still going to be the church. We're still going to be the body of Christ. And we're still got, we're going to thrive, not just survive. Amen. So, so we need these three things. Now, <laughs> Note that faith works by love. When he said the grace of these is love, I tell you why. Because even faith works by love, according to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. And faith comes from hope, or it starts there. Faith is, makes a reality the things that you've hoped for. So we, we got to get a hold of this faith thing. 
Now, now let me let me share this with you. Faye and I, during this time of prayer, we we really did a lot of reflecting and thinking back. And and the other day, I was I was just I, I said, Lord, I I want to know the DNA of this church. I want to know the DNA of New Hope. You see, we learn from other churches, and I'm thankful for that. I go to conferences at other churches. I visit other churches when I get an opportunity. When I see God doing something, when we can learn from those things. But God has a specific purpose for each church. And there's a purpose for new hope. And we can't just try to become somebody else. That's not what God wants us to. He wants us to be who he has called us to be. So I I got to studying this thing and, and, and looking back. You know, this church began in 1914 on Broad Street downtown. It was called the Broad Street Church of God. And um, the people that started that church were spirit-filled believers that were literally bringing Pentecost to the Augusta area. That's, that they were pioneers in this area in, in spirit-filled churches. Now it's so well accepted that that unless you had lived in that era or unless you, era or unless you've studied about it, you you can't even comprehend the kind of persecution that went along with being a Pentecostal in 1914. I mean, you had to believe God and be strong in your faith to stand because they made fun of you, they ridiculed you, they they did all sorts of things. And read the book, Like a Mighty Army, the history of our church. And you'll find that they threw rotten tomatoes at us. They shot at us, shot through our buildings and tents and, and uh, throwed rocks at us and tried to burn down tents and tried to run us out of town in, in city after city. But this was a move of God, and Satan was not able to stop it. Amen. So those people were strong in their faith, and God blessed them anyway. Then in 1923, they were able to build a church building over on Telfair Street. It was called the Telfair Street Church of God. And they worshiped there until 1953 when they bought a piece of property on the corner of Crawford Avenue and Watkins Street. And they built the Crawford Avenue. It became known as the Crawford Avenue Church of God. And it stayed there for a number of years. Faye and I came here in 1975. We were eight and nine years old at that time. Uh, <laughs> No, actually, we, we, were, we were in our 20s. We were young, and we had two little boys. We doubled the nursery uh, when we came here. But one of the first things I did when I got here was start studying the history of this church, see what, what it was all about. And some of the old-timers, or at least the next generation of the old-timers, were, were still a part of that church. And I can tell you, you're talking about some prayer warriors and some people of faith. Crawford Avenue was full of them. I mean, they loved God. We had prayer man, prayer meetings, and 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 people testify. We used to have testimony meetings. Anybody remember testimony meetings? Wednesday nights was a good time for testimonies. 
And uh, those old timers would testify or the children of those old timers would testify about their parents, how they stood in faith and believed God through hard times. I remember one of the old timers lived up into her 90s and was able to be right here with, well, several of them were, but this one in particular that used to testify all the time, Sister Ivan Bradler. And her testimony was always the same except that the year would change uh, every year. But she would testify and she'd say, she'd say, Brother Bowen, I want to testify. And, uh, and she'd say, I stepped out on faith 56 years ago. And I stepped out on faith and I trusted God. And since that day, I've never taken so much as an aspirin. 56 years standing in faith. Wow. You say, boy, she, would, she just must have been a strong, healthy person. No. She, she had plenty of opportunities. to. Uh, one, one time she got blood poison in her leg. And, of course, she wouldn't go to a doctor, but some of the family and friends checked with the doctor. And, and, and the streak started running up her leg, and her leg got to swelling. And, and the doctor sent word and told her, he said, if you don't get some help with that, you're going to wind up losing that leg. She said, I stepped out on faith. And she'd tell the date that she stepped out on faith. And she said, I'm trusting God. And she stood on that. God healed her. He always did. He always did. God always healed her. She, she just stood in faith. And she wasn't the only one. We had a lot of other folks that, that just stood on faith and just believed God. I, I was reflecting, uh, and Faye and I were talking about the times that we've had our greatest growth in this church in the past. And looking back, it was time when, times when we were just saturating ourselves in faith. And we just believe in God. Just believe in God for the impossible, what seemed impossible. I remember I, I was in my office at Crawford Avenue one day, and a, a man came to my office. I didn't even know the guy. And he, he told me, he said, Preacher, you don't know me, but said I was praying. The Lord spoke to me and, and told me to bring you a gift if you'll receive it. And I said, What is it? And he said, I have some tapes I want to give you. He gave me $700 worth of tapes. I mean, a library of tapes. And all of them was about faith. Man, Faye and I just gobbled those things up. You know, years ago, preachers used to study so much, they called them bookworms. And then when tapes came out, they listened to tapes so much, they called us tapeworms. Uh, <laughs> Thank the Lord, tapes are gone now. We're looking at DVDs and listening to CDs. <laughs> but we just saturated in that, in that faith. It, it was during that time that our youngest son was diagnosed with an incurable terminal liver disease. And in her devotions one morning, God gave my wife a verse of Scripture from Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 54 that said, all of my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. And she locked down on that verse of Scripture like a, like a bulldog. And she wouldn't let it go. I mean, day and night, she said, Lord, this is your promise. You gave this promise to me. All of my children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of my children. My son can't die. 
This disease has got to go. Long, long, long story short, you've heard me testify about it before, but God healed it. Glory to God. Disease no longer terminal. Disease no longer exists. Gone. Praise God. Amen. Gone. Gone. When we were on Wheeler Road, by the way, I didn't finish up on that. We, uh, we merged New Hope. We merged Crawford Avenue Church of God with New Hope Church in 1989. And then in 1994, we put both congregations together on Wheeler Road. And then in 1997, we moved here. We changed our name from Crawford Avenue Church of God to New Hope Church of God. And then when we moved here, we took on the New Hope Worship Center. And we've been here since. But I remember when we were on Wheeler Road and we were trying to, to get this property. I, I knew when I saw it, Brian Clark stayed after me till he got me to come over here and look at this building. And I didn't want to look at it. I didn't want to look at this property because of of things that had happened in the past and I just didn't feel like I wanted that kind of challenge again but as soon as I walked onto this property I knew this was what God had shown me in a vision many many years before and I knew God wanted us to have it and so we started raising money we just started raising money hand over fist God blessed us we'd raised quite a bit of money we we needed we needed um, we needed 20 percent of the asking price of this property. We, we knew that. We know how real estate works. You can borrow 80% at that time. You needed 20% down. And so we were raising the money for 20% down. We, we finally reached that goal. Boy, we were excited. We, we got it. So I went to the bank. I went to the, we, the old Georgia Railroad Bank we'd always done business with, never had a problem borrowing money. They always loaned us whatever we wanted because we had excellent credit with them. The church had always paid their bills on time and paid off all of their notes ahead of time. And so I walked in just expecting the green light, and they turned me down. They said, Preacher, you don't understand. Georgia Railroad Bank's been taken over by a big conglomerate. I think it was First Union at the time. And, and they said there are new rules, and, and uh, not only do you have to have 20% of the asking price, you have to have 20% of the projected remodeling cost. This building was an old manufacturing plant. I used to drive my car from, that, from the student center back there, that, that big double doors back there. I'd drive in, and I'd drive my car all the way past this, right up to the office doors there. Uh, that's where I parked every morning, right in here, in my car. It was an old manufacturing plant. And so I started, I, I went bank after bank after bank, all the major banks in town, and, and we couldn't borrow the money. And one morning, Faye and I were praying, and I was crying out to God. I said, Lord, I, I don't understand what's wrong here. I said, I know that that's the property you want us to have. I don't understand why we can't get it. And the Lord spoke to my spirit, not an audible voice, but in my spirit, I heard it so loud that I jumped up from my praying and told Faye, I said, we, we got to go somewhere. The Lord spoke to me and said, go to Chattanooga to the Civic Center. There's a meeting going on, and it'll be showing you what to do. Faye and I got in the car. We drove to Chattanooga. We hadn't been in that service 30 minutes before the Lord showed me exactly what we should do. They were talking about giving and the importance of giving. 
If what you have will not meet your need, then use what you have as seed. Some of you need to get a hold of that. If what you have will not meet your need, then use what you have as seed. And the Lord spoke to me clearly again and said, go home and give away $100,000 of the building fund. I drove home a lot slower than I drove up there. <laughs> because I was arguing with God in my spirit the whole time. I said, Lord, you, 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 I don't have the authority to do that. I'm going to have to take that to the board. And the board members are going to think I'm crazy. We, we're trying to raise more money. We're trying to, we need another $100,000. How can we give away $100,000? I'll never forget, I called a board meeting and the board came together and we sat down. And I, I was never as nervous in a board meeting in my life as I was in that one. I, actually, I was afraid that they were going to just laugh me out of the room. And I finally said to them, guys, I, I got to share something with you. I said, I want you to judge it, whether it's of God or not. I'm human. I can miss it. And I trust your judgment. There's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And so I'm trusting you guys with this. But I, I believe that I heard the Lord say that we needed to give away $100,000 of our building fund money to help others who are in need. Boy, there was dead silence for a few minutes. And then one of the, one of the brethren started talking and he said, preacher i remember when i was really struggling and and i gave sacrificially to god god met my need another one started testifying all 12 men testified to what god had done for them when they had become givers and the holy spirit filled that room men were weeping and they voted all 12 men to give away a hundred thousand dollars of our building fund amen Well, you got to understand, they can't actually give it away because they're not authorized to give that much of your money away. You, you're the body. You're the church. You're the one that has to make that decision. All they can do is vote to recommend it. And so we call the whole church together on Sunday night, and I said to the church, the board recommends that we give away $100,000 of our building fund to help others who are in need. I said, I know it sounds crazy. We're trying to get more money so we can get the property that we believe God wants us to have. Several folks spoke. I think Sister Lenore Thompson was probably the first one to speak. And she said, Brother Bowen, if God wants our money, he can have it all. It all belongs to him. Let's give God whatever he's asked for without any hesitation or reservation. I mean, the Spirit of God moved in that whole congregation. And they voted to give away $100,000 of our building fund when we needed more money. We never had so much fun. We paid off a church in inner city Philadelphia that was struggling. And they were, <clears throat> it was a marvelous church. They do a work there where they provide child care free for inner city families so they can, mama or dad can work because they can't afford child care. It's a great, great opportunity. We blessed them, just paid off their building. And, and we, just one place right after the other, one ministry right after the other, as the Lord led us. 
And the next thing that happened, there's this, how many of you remember in, in Thompson when there used to be a little bank called Allied Bank? Anybody remember Allied Bank in Thompson? Yeah, I see a few hands. Allied Bank in Thompson. Owen Crickenberger sent me word by one of our trustees. He said, tell that preacher down there he hadn't given me an opportunity to look at his loan. Well, it never dawned on me to look at Allied Bank. We, we needed big money. We needed, we needed millions of dollars. We were looking at the big boys. Long story short, I sat down with, I call him Brother Crickenberger now because I found out he's a brother in the Lord. And he just gave us everything that we needed when we needed it. And we were able to move. And there's miracle after miracle that happened here when God gave us this property. But I'm telling you, it was when we were walking by faith. It's when we were trusting God. It's when we were willing to stretch out. It's when we were willing to obey the voice of the Lord. It's, it's when we were willing to do whatever God said do, just, just to go for it with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That, that's, that's when the blessings of God come. And long story short, and you've heard the testimony on the other end of that. When we finished this building and, and uh, did everything but the kitchen, a, a lady that was a member of Aldersgate United Methodist Church called me and, and uh, gave, a, gave me a check for $100,007.77 at the end of it. So God gave it back to us at the end, plus the blessings of all that we'd sowed during that time. God's given me a mandate for this year, and that's to come back and, and teach faith to this body. I'm talking about Bible faith, believing God. Believing God in a way that we can see the impossible take shape and come to pass. I want to see Brother George come out of that wheelchair and his body completely restored. We still need him to travel back and forth to India and keep building churches. Amen. I want to see Danny Swint that used to come and sit in the back, come out of his wheelchair I want to. I want to see Ralph West completely restored and that infection gone from his body that keeps trying to hang on. I want to see some of you that have been struggling financially come out of it with testimonies of the power and the grace and the mercy and the goodness and the abundance of God, and that's what God has designed for this year for those who will learn to step up in faith, will lay aside everything else and start seeking God again with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what God has for this body. That's what God has for this body if we're willing to do it. If we're willing to do it. Some, go ahead and give God some praise. He's worthy. Here's my challenge to you this morning. I'll close with this. First of all, we need to make up our minds this morning. Listen, folks, we don't have a lot of time left. 
we're coming god's getting ready to wrap this thing up he's going to give us a great year this year he's going to bless the american church that is seeking him lukewarm churches laodicean churches he's going to pass over and let them sit there and die so we're at a decision point this morning at new hope i challenge you first of all for total commitment total commitment some of you have already shared with me that you've watched online Kent Christmas prophecy. He preached at Rock Church in Virginia Beach on, Chris, on New Year's Eve. Powerful message. If you haven't looked at it, go online and find it. I think my wife put it on her Facebook. If you can't find it anywhere else, you, you can connect with that. I, I watched him, <laughs> and it's so connected. And what, it, what he said was that, that lukewarm churches are not going to make it. Lukewarm people are not going to survive. It, it, the, the call is now. It's, it's decision time. It, it's, it's either get on fire for God or you're going to fall by the wayside. You're not going to make it through the shaking if you don't get on fire for God. But if you're willing to seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, then, then you're, you're going to flourish because God, God's going to show you as his children. When, when darkness comes, the light shines brighter. And God's going to lift you up as his children to be a light to this world. People around you are going to start coming to you and say, how in the world did you do that? How did, how, how did you get through that? And we're going to be able to say, uh, we're part of the kingdom of God. Glory to God. We're not affected by the kingdom of this world. Amen. We're, we're, not a, we're not affected by the kingdom of darkness. That's not what we're a part of. We're a part of the kingdom of God. And, and we can flourish in the midst of trouble. Hallelujah. We can have victory in the darkest of days. We can prosper when everybody else is going under. Praise God. Second thing I'm challenging you is a willingness to work as a team. We, we got to come together, folks. The thing that caused the early church to flourish, they were in one mind and one accord. And that's when the Holy Ghost came. And we are going to have to move in the power of the Spirit. It's not by might nor by power, but it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We've got to move in the anointing of the Spirit. And to have the anointing of the Spirit as a body... We've got to come together in unity, one mind and one accord. Remember, faith, hope, and love. These three, we, we got to love each other. We got to pray for each other. We've got to come together. Amen. We, one, one mind, one accord. One mind, one accord. On the day of Pentecost, when they were in one mind and one accord, the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit. That's the only way you're going to make it. You're going to have to walk by, we walk by faith, not by sight. You're going to have to walk and flow in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And finally, the last thing, we got to maintain a spirit, a, a sense of urgency. There is a sense of urgency. If I could get anything across to you this morning, I would like to get across to you that, that, there is a spirit there is an urgency in this message today this is not a message that you can take and uh, and just make a note of it and throw it back on your desk and look back at it six months from now or a year from now this is not for 2019 2020 2030 no 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 this, the time is now Today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If we're going to do anything, we got to do it now. But listen, those who do know their God shall do exploits. 
if you if you will if you'll respond to this challenge today i'm telling you folks i'm telling you by the by the voice of the lord and the word of god if you will heed to this challenge today god is going to do for things for you in 2018 that you never dreamed he's going to go be he's going to supersede your expectations he's going to go beyond what you ever thought god's going to bless you with blessings that you never dreamed of you're going to call your children home and they're coming home hallelujah your families are going to be saved glory to god miracles are going to happen. You're going to see healings and deliverances and victory. Glory to God. Stand to your feet if you will and let's give God a a shout of praise this morning. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Is there anybody in this house that believes it today? You believe the Word of God. Are you willing to go for it? I haven't decided it yet exactly how. I can't, I can't preach everything I need to preach on Sunday morning, and I'm probably going to start a Sunday afternoon service where I just teach nothing but the Word of God. I told God this way three times now. I have taken time away to seek God about whether I should retire or not. And every time I seek God about retirement, God gives me a mandate to do something else. So I tell I told God the other day, I said, okay, God, I give up. Paul sought you three times about his thorn in the flesh. I've sought you three times about retirement. I'm not going to bother you with it again. You've got my phone number. You've got my address. When you get ready, tell me and I'll quit. But until then, I'm going with it with everything I've got. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to go after God. We, we, there are prophecies over this church we haven't seen yet. When, when we were seeking God about this place, my wife, God gave her a vision of, of the traffic backed up at the Bel Air exit, trying to get off of this exit to get to this church. Other people have given vi- been given visions of buses filling the top of our parking lot, coming to this house to see what God is doing. Those are visions from God. Those are not promises from the devil. Those are not, the, those are not too much pizza dreams. Those were visions from God with prophetic utterance to this house. God's not a God that he should lie. If you're willing to be his people, if you're willing to put yourself in position to receive, God is ready to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings on this house. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. I want the prayer team to come quickly. And if, if you need special prayer, there'll be people here that are willing to pray with you and for you. If you need to be saved, come and give your heart to Jesus today. Never, there'll, there'll never be a better opportunity for you than this morning to get right with God if you need to get saved. I'm telling you, you don't have a lot of time. 
you better take advantage of it if you're unsaved. If you're away from God, you need to come home. You need to come home this morning. Come on back to the Lord. When I say come home, I'm talking about to the Lord. And, 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 and then I, I, don't, I don't know how to close this service except to say that if you're willing to accept the challenge, you can either come forward and pray here or you can pray where you are. But while Brother Steve leads us in a song, I want us to respond here this morning to this message. Don't wait till later. Don't wait till next week or some other time. If you're willing, if you're willing to be a vessel, if you're willing to say like Isaiah, when God gave him the vision in the house of the Lord, he said, Lord, here am I. Use me. Send me. Use me. Whatever you want to do. If you're willing to respond in a positive way today, I want you to, I want you to just come. Either come forward or pray right there where you are. But between you and God for the next few minutes, Lord, Lord, here I am. God bless you as you pray.